Welcome to The Dreaming. I'm Sasha Smulders. I'm Joe Fulgham. This is The Sandman, Issue 58, The Kindly Ones, Part 2. Well, let's start off with the cover. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Of course, the covers by Dave McKean, as all of them are in The Sandman. This is clay and thread figure, photography, and Macintosh to create this. So he actually did make this clay and thread figure that you can see here. I think it's Nuala. Oh, I guess, yeah. Although, Doesn't maybe I'm forgetting, feminine. but I don't think she got stabbed through the neck with a spear. No. So maybe not. It was mostly the flower that made me think it was Nuala. I mean, really, the only person... It- it could be that is another character in this is uh, Clerican. And I don't know how it fits there. Hmm. Why do you think it would be Clerican? Well, he's about the only other male. This looks this looks male to me. Doesn't oh. look feminine. No, it looks female to me. Does it? Okay. Well, maybe it's uh, it's androgynous then. Okay. Maybe it could be either. Yeah. Looks like Nuala looks like her. Okay. I don't know who it is. Maybe it's no one. Maybe it's Daniel. Whoa. Well, let's get to the inside. Just drop maybe it's Daniel, like Daniel got stabbed through the neck. Not cool. Oh, uh, your prediction, by the way. My prediction. Your prediction was Daniel's location won't be revealed this issue. Oh, nailed it. Correct. And uh, Lida will tell the police and they'll be crap. <laughs> That's pretty true, it seems. I mean, well, they, they kind of seem on the job. Yeah. But they haven't tracked anything down yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so page one. And in the background, we hear tragedy struck this evening for a Torrance couple celebrating a special day. And it's Harvey and Vonda Ramsey, who we saw at Lux earlier. Mm-hmm. And Lucifer sang them, sit down, you're rocking the boat. Yes. And uh, and our news anchors are letting us know that uh, they got up to some shenanigans later that night. Mm-hmm. So apparently they uh, climbed over a fence, got into a little tin boat, and, uh, and Harvey was standing up in the boat, had this bottle of champagne, and he was going to make a toast. And then he fell over off the boat, I guess, and drowned. Yeah. Sit down, you're rocking the boat. And he wanted it, he wanted her to have a happy birthday, and Lucifer said, I will not play memory, and I cannot be bothered to lie. Vonda's birthday will be far from happy. He knew. It's why he played the song. Mm-hmm. Ah, <laughs> uh, Lucifer. Terrible. Meanwhile, we've got Detective Archie Andrews and uh, Reggie, who's kind of let himself go on the case. Of the missing Bebe? Pretty short, Reggie, but sure, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe Jughead? Is Jughead short? No, Jughead's tall, thin guy. Yeah. For some reason. Aren't they all just tall, thin guys? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody short. Yeah. Because Moose is big. I'm not that familiar with... Oh, there's that one who's the... He's a Boy Scout In in the Riverdale show. He's like a gun nut. Um, he's a nerd. Now I'm forgetting what his name is. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Lieutenant Luke Pinkerton mm-hmm. and his partner Gordy Fellows. At first I thought he might be Constantine. 
Because of the jacket? Mm-hmm. He's too thin, though. And that's not Constantine's hair. No, I guess not. He doesn't really travel around with a short guy. I mean, that could be something going on. But no, uh, no, that's not Constantine. And uh, they get the info. Mm-hmm. We find out that there was a babysitter. Yes. And she the, was asleep. Yeah, the babysitter was found not knocked unconscious, but lying on the ground asleep. Right. Lida calls him Lieutenant Pinkwater, and he corrects her Pinkerton. Pinkwater is definitely a nod to a friend of Neil Gaiman's, Daniel Manis Pinkwater. Mm. He's a national public radio commentator, and he's the author of the classic young adult books, Lizard Music, Snark Out Boys, and The Avocado of Death, and the picture book, The Big Orange Splot. Those sound awesome. Yeah, Gaiman and Pinkwater were known to hang out on each other's discussion fora in the Genie online discussion forums in the early 90s. So they kind of knew each other. So that was a little nod to to Daniel Pinkwater there. Huh. Pinkerton, which was founded as the Pinkerton National Detective Agencies, is a private security guard and detective agency established in the U.S. by Scotsman Alan Pinkerton in 1850. Oh. So it is an old school uh, detective agency kind of for higher law enforcement. They've kind of got uh, a pretty bad rep as being, uh, you know, for hire to bust unions and stuff back in the day. Oh. So like the Pinkertons were, and I think in Deadwood, the Pinkertons were seen as like a kind of threat as well. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And our short dark hair detective noticed that the uh, the locks are all busted in on the door. And uh, that's because uh, Ms. Fury got angry she got furious yeah she hulked out Mm -hmm. as her friend explains later on so she basically drops that she has superpowers and they don't really seem that shocked they well they don't quite believe her right listen your friend is she okay and carla has to say no she really is she's like strong like you know don't make hulk when hulk angry you wouldn't like me when i get angry but this is a world with superheroes oh yeah so It wouldn't be unusual to hear of someone who had super strength. I mean, it would be unusual, but it wouldn't be unthinkable. Right. Daniel calls the babysitter Wozy. Mm-hmm. Wozy. Instead of Rosie. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, this is curious. Mm Mm-hmm. This is technically in the DC universe. That's right. The Hulk is on TV. Yeah. And the Hulk is Marvel. Yeah. So in the DC universe... There was a Hulk the, TV show. The yeah. Marvel Marvel exists and is its own, is fictional. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Good to know. Yep. I wonder if it's the same and the opposite. Uh, yeah, I'm th- pretty sure Marvel has mentioned Superman. Like, not a lot, but like... There have been Marvel stories where they've mentioned Superman. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. They kind of colluded together to own the term superhero. (gasps) Marvel and DC kind of co-own the, I'm not sure if it's trademark or copyright or whatever it is on it, but nobody else can really call things superhero. Oh, so that's why people call them kind of like sneaky things, like like capes. Yeah, powers. Yeah. (gasps) Yeah, that's exactly why that happens in other places. Fucking capitalism. Right? (laughs) Oh, well. Anything else you want to talk about here? Just how this scene ends. The cop is like so, or the detective is so blunt with her. Yeah. Listen, ma'am, let me put it bluntly. There's no point in pestering us for information. As soon as we know anything, we'll let you know. Like, he's just blunt. Like, don't. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, maybe he's been through this a lot. And he's like, because you can think the parent, the parents of a missing child would phone all the time. Is there oh, anything God, yet? yeah. Is there anything yet? Is there anything yet? And he's like, listen, th- there's no point. We'll let you know as soon as we find something that we can tell you. So please don't phone us all the time. Yeah. But he yeah. is kind of a dick about it. Yeah. Like, I, I think that gets across. I think he's drawn to look like kind of a dick. I think he's written to be kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's smoking. Steps outside, lights up a cigarette immediately. He's not while mm. he's talking to her. He's not clean shaven, and he's got a he's got a, a band aid on his chin, so he's probably like, you know, probably goes to the bar and gets in fights. <laughs> yeah, that could know? be it. Yeah, he's a real carouser. And ma'am, take care of your friend. And then over the page, we are back in the dreaming. Mm-hmm. And a very cool, eerie looking shot of the castle. With the guardians at the gate. And uh, our favorite fairy, Clarican, arrives. Yeah. And he's here on a personal matter. Yeah, to see his sister, Nuala. So the guardians warn him, they let him in, and they warn him to stick to the path. Which mm-hmm. is, I think is kind of funny, because that's what you're supposed to do when you're going through, like, the forest, and it's the fairies yes. that drag you off the path. Yeah. Like, that's very, I, I, the first thing I think of is Mirkwood. Yeah. In Tolkien, although it's the elves that convince them off the path. But regardless, um, yeah, so that kind of thing of, you know, when you're in this enchanted place, staying on the path is the thing that, like, is that you, what you tell mortals because fairies are going to take them off and bring them to their fairy mm-hmm. circle and whatnot. And this happens to a fairy. Like, he immediately falls for it. <laughs> like, he he doesn't even resist the lure to go off the path. Yeah, he says, oh, an open door. <laughs> Goes over, looks, and then immediately, like, follows, like, and throws up a heart. Yeah. But before he throws up the heart, what do we see? Um, Someone who looks like a young dream, maybe. But, but like, white hair, white clothes. Yeah. Like, a well, a mirror dream. Yeah. So, I guess that could be it. Like, it's a, a different version of dream who sees him. Also, turn, looks like it turns the, into a cat. It does turn into a cat. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what we're seeing there, right? Yeah. It's the same eyes. So it's uh, some other facet of dream sees him. Like, I love that curious expression on their face in the one close up. Well, what was it in in the last chapter in part one? He talks about making a dark mirror. That's the Corinthian. The Corinthian yes. is the dark we, mirror. Yes. The Corinthian is a dark mirror, but yeah. and the, and it's a nemesis, right? Like it's mm-hmm. a thing to face. Mm. And Clericon literally sees a mirror form of dream potentially, right? Mm-hmm. Which is to see, sees a mirror form and then vomits out, pulls out of his throat, his own nemesis. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like that to me, that seems like that, that might be going somewhere. Now. We have seen a white-haired, white-clothed dream once before. It was it was a one single panel. It was in issue forty-seven, okay, which was brief lives as Dream finally got to the island. His brother was on. Mm-hmm. We see Destiny and the pages of his book all flip. Mm-hmm. On one of the panels, we see this white-haired, white-clothed Dream facing what looks like a broken stone chair and he's facing the Corinthian who's behind that chair with bloody eyes and there's blood on that chair and the uh, text says the pages turn and gust and turn first one way then another there's blood on the throne of the dream king the Corinthian stands behind it trembling 
ret wed tears dribbling from his mouths. The Dream King looks up slowly and speaks to him. He is dressed entirely in white. But we don't know what that's from. It's just a page of Destiny's book. Yeah. So, interesting. And then we get the nemesis, the heart. Clarican's nemesis. Yeah. Nuala drags him out of there just in time. A nemesis, by the way, is the inescapable agent of someone or something's downfall. So your nemesis, we very often use it to mean, oh, they're my, like, number one opponent. But nemesis actually means this is the thing that's eventually going to get you. (gasps) So my nemesis is pizza? Yes. If you're going to eventually die to pizza, yes. It's either pizza or wine. (laughs) We'll have to see. (laughs) And Nuala gives him uh, a talking to. Points out that, that this is raw dream stuff. It's dangerous. And in a moment of like... A small moment of, of, of um, humility, Clarican actually does apologize for wandering off and says that the thing he did was stupid. Yeah. It, it seems like a really kind of rare line for him to actually be like, I'm sorry, like I messed up, kind of. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, he's usually very boastful and very self-centered. I think he might understand what a nemesis is. Yeah. Right? Like, like he it's might... kind of a big deal. Oh, shit and like he he was about to get run down by it like it was really uh he found himself in this horrible situation like and she saved him so Mm -hmm. yeah anyway he kind of goes back to being an asshole on the next page so he's back yep right back he's very resilient yes nothing keeps him down yes he comes in immediately puts his feet on the furniture Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, it is a chaise lounge. Don't you put your feet up on that spot? You usually take your boots off first. Okay, I guess so. His boots don't have dirt. He's a fairy. So I think this is the first time we get to see her bedroom or whatever yeah. you would call it. Um, and she was allowed to design it herself, right? Yeah, and yeah. it kind of looks like a fairy location. Mm-hmm, All a lot of colorful mushrooms and what looks like kind of pixies flying around, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And Clarican catches her up on what happened in the last issue, or or the last book, I arc. guess. You can call it an arc. arc. The last yeah. arc. And she doesn't know about it. She doesn't know about the end of the end of the world? Yes. Well, also, some months ago, I visited you, visited you in my dreams. You sent Lord Shaper to free me from some bother I was in. And she says, really? I... Anyway, shortly after that, I found myself caught in a storm. So uh, something's going on with time or something, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it turns out the fairy queen has now sent him here to bring her back. Yeah. And she doesn't actually seem all that interested in that. Yeah. Have we found out why yet? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Clerican thinks it's going to be great. And notes, and you can be beautiful again. And the look on her face is not at all happy. Mm -hmm. You can be the ice maiden once more. La belle dame sans merci, eh? That is a reference to a poem written in 1819 by John Keats about a young man pining away for the love of an elf maiden. It's French for the beautiful, merciless lady. Mm-hmm. I'll put some links to that in the show notes, actually. It's an interesting, interesting little poem. I won't read it here. It's fairly long. They'll be doing it again, droves of them, positive multitudes, hordes. Oh, Nuala, do you but glance in my general direction, else I must surely die. 
I've never had your talent for attracting men when you have your glamour on, of course. Not now. <laughs> but at least I've known what to do with the ones I did get. <laughs> She's not interested in this conversation. She just asks what she should do now. Mm-hmm. And then comes up with reasons why it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, we shouldn't even bother to ask. Yeah, let's not He's bother. He's just going to say no, so let's not even ask. Yeah, that's a good way out for her. He's like, oh, boof. I'll just tell him the queen won't mind. They're old friends. And why would he want to keep her, too? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's that's implicit in what he says. Mm-hmm. He doesn't actually outright say it, but the implication is he won't want to keep you. Mm-hmm. He won't care. Why would someone care about you? The only positive he says about her is is this thing that was a glamour. Yeah. Like, it's just that when, when she had her glamour on, men would fall in love with her and pine away and all of that. But he didn't even say that she knew what to do with them afterwards. So, like, none of that is her own... <laughs> None of that. It's just the glamour. The one thing that Dream was like, you can't wear that when you're here. Yeah. Over the page, as they said off to see Morpheus, we turn over the page and we're back to Carla. She's woken by a scream. Mm-hmm. It's Lyda, who had a dream. A dream about waking up. Yeah. So in her dream, she wakes up in her bed. She can hear and, and smell and everything the witches downstairs. Yeah. And so she heads downstairs and overhears them sort of talking about a baby's finger. Yeah. Which is horrifying. This recipe, they go through a few of the things from from this, is from Macbeth, Act 4, Scene Mm -hmm. 1. The double, double toil and trouble speech. Mm -hmm. Uh, At the end of it, Finger of birth strangled babe, ditch delivered by a drab, make the gruel thick and slab, add thereto a tiger's chaudron for the ingredients of our cauldron. Double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. Sounds delicious. Yeah. And we see the kindly ones again. And they greet her. And she says, I didn't know that there was a downstairs here. More importantly, they call her granddaughter. They call her granddaughter, and she is the Fury, remember? Yes. So I think that pretty much clinches it. Yeah, they're, they they had her mother, mm-hmm. and then now there's her. Mm-hmm. And so when she comes down first, um, she asks, like, is she's dreaming? The crone says, no, you're not. And then she asks, are you going to hurt you? And the crone says, hurt you? Of course we're going to hurt you. Everyone gets hurt. <laughs> And then the mother is the one who says, we're also going to help you. My popsy, your babby has been stolen from you after all. Too proud to have a daughter, eh? Had to have a son. (laughs) (laughs) I really like that line. I I just love how snarky the crone is. She might be my favorite. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The final panel on this page, she calls the youngest bimbo, Mm -hmm. but the crone responds... A little older than my teeth and as old as my tongue. She says, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to her. You were talking to us, granddaughter. The kindly are one. Mm-hmm. They're one thing as three entities. Yeah. Yeah. They're not three grandmothers. They're one grandmother. Yeah. Who represents all three at the same time. They're three women who are one grandmother. Yes. At the top of the next page, the crone complains. I've had enough of her. She's had her three questions. She's wasted them. She hasn't even got her mother's spark. She kind of asked four questions. Yeah. Yeah, and twice before we've had the three witches appear to answer three questions. Once in issue number two, when they were summoned by Dream, 
and wants to Rose Walker in issue number 10. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of asked four questions. Are you going to hurt me? Mm-hmm. Where is Daniel? And did you three take him? I guess that's a combined question we could yeah. say. Politely, you could say that. Yeah. And then she asks, how old are you? Yeah. <laughs> yep. There's three. I love the coloring in this scene. Mm-hmm. The green lighting up everything and dominating any other coloring over top of everything. And the black background. Oof. Those who ask don't get, and those who don't ask don't want. <laughs> I don't really understand. Is that a... I wonder if that's like a reference that's been made before. The Furies are supposed to answer your questions when you ask them. The Maiden does say, you're right. Daniel's been taken from you. You've met already those who took him. Hmm. Where is he right now? They're going to put him in the fire, my little diddly pout. That's a lot more than three questions. What, indeed? Here, have a porcupine instead. Everyone's got to eat a peck of dirt before they die is an old aphorism. Well, because when they bury you, you eat a peck of dirt. That's oh, after you die. you die. It basically means you have to, everybody's going to have tough times. You're going to have to eat dirt at some point. It's going to be bad times during your life. I thought it was very literal about being buried. Well, she's kind of, oh, yeah. No. Granddaughter, we do want to help you. This was the first time. There will be two more. Now, pop her in the pot. Let's see what she's made of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I believe them that it's not a dream. Mm-hmm. Because uh, she also mentioned at the beginning that when you dream, you normally don't have those other senses. And this, she had those senses. And she went downstairs. They noted... There's a downstairs in everybody. That's where we live. Yeah. The Sandman annotation notes in Jungian psychology, if you have a dream in which you go down to a basement, it means that you're confronting something from your subconscious. Here, Lyda is confronting the fact that her son may be dead. Mm. That's their interpretation anyway. Mm-hmm. And then her, her friend even spells it out. Lyda, honey, I wonder, maybe those witches in your nightmare were your subconscious trying to tell you something. I don't trust dreams. They said they weren't dreams. So? Dreams lie. <laughs> she doesn't like dreams. Something interesting in the background of the subconscious. Well, actually, it's in the foreground. So in, in that panel, um, the third panel on this page where the friend, I forget the friend's name. Carla? Carla. Carla. When Carla's talking about the subconscious, mm -hmm. the blocks that are lying there say doa yeah dead on arrival yeah and the clown that's the the doll even has crosses over its eyes it yeah looks dead. it's lying down dead yeah so subconsciously we're supposed to go this kid is dead yeah yeah that's a good one i should also point out that in panel one on this page on page 17 mm -hmm. carlos cup has a picture of gregory on it gregory is a character by mark hempel from his uh, comic series of the same name Oh. That's Gregory, the little boy who lives in a straitjacket. Yeah. Looks like Invader Zim. Or like a kid from Invader Zim. Invader Zim looks like him. Sure. I've mentioned this before, but if you haven't checked out Gregory, uh, check it out. I love it. I think it's mm. excellent. Clurican and Nuala are making their way through the castle. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, they meet some people who tell them they are going to have to seek an audience. A bunny. Yeah. And a fancy lady. So Clurican says... They should head to the throne room because Noala doesn't want to summon him. And for the first time, the doors are closed. Yeah. She's never seen them closed before. So we can always knock on it. Yeah. I think this is my hot take. Mm -hmm. Since the doors are usually open, 
Dream knows they're here. He knows what Clerican is like, and he deliberately closed the doors yeah. because he wanted Clerican to be an asshole like that, like to kind of, you know, be himself. Or go away. Or go away. I think mm-hmm. he maybe hoped. Maybe. But then he's, he has to be polite. He has to follow his little rules. So opens the door. They call him. He appears on his throne. Hola, Lord Shape. Is it Hola? Hola? Hala? Hala! <laughs> Hala, Lord Shaper. It is I, the Clerican, Duke of the Yarrow and of the Flay, Fjorn Captain of the Gulls, an envoy in extraordinary to Her Majesty, the Queen of Fairy. I am here with my sister, the Lady Nuala, currently in your service. We desire audience. See, n- nothing happened. Now let us return to my quarters and... I feel like that needed like a creak. Yeah. And he appears. Mm-hmm. Clerican says, as you said to me when last we spoke, sire, she has a good heart. And Dream said, I said that to you, Clerican? Yes, sire. Well, it is a truth. Dream also doesn't remember that meeting yet. Hmm. That was back when, you know, the the meeting that Nuala came to help him when he was imprisoned, which was in the story that he told at the in at World's End. Yeah, but he doesn't remember it. These guys don't remember it. Yeah. The timeline's all mixed up. Seems that way. But wasn't Nuala in the dreaming when it happened? She came to him in his dream, yeah. Right? Yeah. Isn't that what happened? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, cool. Morpheus noted that... He stepped off the path, and when Clerican asks, oh, if you could possibly destroy your nemesis, Clerican, no, it is no longer in the dreaming, and it is not mine to destroy. Is that the favor you wish to ask of me? Notice how Dream's face doesn't change mm-hmm. at all during this. It's it's almost completely immovable. Yeah. Yeah. My feeling is his face kind of looks, and it looks a little stretched. I feel like... We can see his arms and his legs on the throne. I guess his face is sticking out. But my feeling is he's almost projecting out of the throne rather than actually there at this point. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's not in the throne room. He's making himself appear on the throne. And then as soon as he says, I have come to ask if she can return to fairy with me, he's up and out of the throne and is actually there. Because mm. his face becomes more three-dimensional. Okay. Oh, it's just the way I see, I'm seeing it in my head. Hmm. As I was the one who gave her to you, I was the one who felt it was time to ask you for her back. She's much missed. Her cheery ways, her witty jests, you know how it is. I see. And what does the Lady Nuala say about all this? And, uh, it's almost as if Nuala's asking, she, she wants him to say that she should stay, I think. Right, but she doesn't want her brother to know that. Yeah, so she says, I'm yours. What you wish is also what I wish. I see. And Clerican, what does your queen say? So he's not here to speak for the queen. Yeah. But And, and Morpheus she would... is, is touchy about that. Speaking informally, I can state that Her Majesty would view the idea of the return of the Lady Nuala with unmixed pleasure. Unmixed pleasure, so just pleasure? Right, not mixed with anything else. Yeah. Pleasure. Yeah. It's a fancy way of saying she'd love it. Mm. And Dream puts his head down and thinks for a bit and then says, Very well, you may return to Fairy Nuala. 
is there anything you wish to take with you? And she's bored. Yeah. And he gives her a thank you for her service for three years and touches her pendant and says, if in need, hold the stone with both hands and call me. I will come to you. You may have one boon. And he sends her on her way. Well, both of them. Mm-hmm. And gives her a mount that she has to release when she gets to the edge of fairy and send back. She doesn't yep. even get to keep a dream horse. <laughs> and that's it. He sends her away. Yeah. Clerican didn't hear about hear what was going on about the boon. No. And she doesn't tell him. She doesn't like that he didn't even try to fight for her. And her brother is completely oblivious to that. Exactly. And I cannot tell you how relieved I am. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, you're right. That was easy. Woohoo. Yes, I'm so glad no one cares about you. <laughs> That's pretty much exactly what he, yeah. I wish he had said exactly that. Oh. Because he never visited her in the three years. No. Either. He said, I'll come and visit you soon. He never visited. He didn't care. And Dream didn't care. Nobody gave a crap. Well, it seems like Dream doesn't care, but there may be other reasons. I mean, I don't think Dream cares about people very much. I think he cares as much as he has the capacity to care for a fairy. Mm. Right? Like, I think maybe he cares about her more than he cares about most random things. But I feel like Dream is kind of this big amorphous thing that, like, he doesn't really care about that many people. I think that's true. I think he cares about Nuala, though. He said in that story, she has a kind heart, which is a, sure. that's a nice thing that Dream says. And he agreed with it to this time, this issue. Yeah, but like that's his capacity for caring about people. Oh, definitely. Kind of. That's what yeah. I mean is he's hit his max capacity. Yeah. He doesn't pretend at least. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he, whereas Clerican seems to, likes to pretend that he cares about people. Also, Dream likes to give people gems that give them boons mm-hmm. remember the woman that he made the island for mm-hmm. and, uh that was her gem he once put his own power into that ruby which he had to get back at the very beginning of this entire series mm-hmm. yeah so what do you think you like how this is going yeah 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 it's uh this one was very nuala and cleric and heavy and a lot of talking going on yes very talky yeah but I, I say that, and then as I'm leafing through, I get back to the uh, the two-page spread with the nemesis being created, and there's not a single bit of talking on that page. True. Which is great. This is the pages with talking had a lot of talking. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they had to do that to have the average amount of talking in. Okay. So any predictions for what's going to happen next issue? You're pretty good with this one. Well, what does it mean that Daniel's in the fire? They're going to put him in the fire. They're going to put him in the fire. So my thought is, is that Daniel's been, my thought is, is that Lucifer and his girlfriend have taken him to hell because she already met the people. The fate said that she met the people who took him. But remember, Lucifer doesn't want to go back to hell. Lucifer's in Lux. Oh, yeah. So it, like, it, signs point to it being dream. Who took Daniel. The babysitter was asleep. But I don't think it was Dream Mm. because I don't think that this version of Dream would do that. Like, I don't know. Like, I think that it's too obvious that it should be Dream that it's not because this is a little bit like a detective story. Mm -hmm. And so it can't be the first obvious thing. And the obvious thing is, is that Dream said, you know, there's going to be a time when I come and collect this boy. And so it's way too obvious that it's Dream. So it's not Dream. 
Okay. So it's someone who wants her to think it's dream or it's someone who is doing it so that dream will get involved so he can get to dream or they can get to dream or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's trickier than that, which yeah. leaves it to like, who does she, who has she met that could be? There was that old man with the flowers. He could have been someone in disguise. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. There is the friend. Carla. Uh-huh. Carla She's could have be been with her this entire time, though. She wasn't with her when uh, when the baby was taken. So I guess she could have stole, what, she stole Daniel and then sent him somewhere else? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Could be. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Any thoughts? Oh, on um, what's actually going to happen. Oh, yeah. Well, just a prediction. It doesn't have to be great. So where do we go? We've had in this issue, so I think the cleric and Nuala, probably not going to see a lot of that, maybe later, uh, but I don't think next issue, right? So let's say with Lyda, what's going to happen? Her son's gone. The police seem to be a little useless. I think she's going to believe it's Dream who took it and she's going to try to get to him okay. to find out. I think That's she's going to go after Dream to find out what happened. It's a good prediction. We're going to find out what happens next episode. You've been Dreaming of the Sandman, issue 58, The Kindly Ones, part two. For show notes, visit thedreaming.motivedust.com. Support future episodes at patreon.com slash thedreaming, and we'd sure appreciate it if you'd tell your local comic shop about us. Our theme music is Oneri by Kai Engel. Hear more at kaiengel.bandcamp.com. The Dreaming was recorded in Burnaby, British Columbia, Canada, on the unceded territory of the Musqueam, Squamish, Kikate, and tsleil Nations. I'm Joe Fulgham. Thanks for listening. Time to wake up. <laughs>